Father God, what a powerful name is your name. Jesus, Holy Spirit, we worship you. Receive our praise today. God, we've lifted our hearts to you. You've gathered us. And right now we want to continue to hear you through your word. So we pray that you'd open our hearts to hear you by your spirit and to listen. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you so much. This morning as we get started, I am looking for somebody who likes to draw. Is there anyone in this church who likes to draw? I saw your hand go up first. Would you come up for us? Let's give him a hand. Awesome. What's your name? What's your name? Sean. Sean. Awesome. Sean, what would you like to draw today? Can I draw like a house and a field and trees? House, field, trees. Does that sound good? Okay. Okay. Ooh, color. Um, what's the best color? What color? Blue. You said blue. Okay. Let's see what it's blue. Look at that. All right. Sean, go ahead. No pressure. Just quick, quick sketch. Yeah, just, just draw. Just draw. Okay, this is beautiful. Wow. This is awesome. Okay. What do you see? Okay, we have a house. We have a tree. Ooh, some birds. Wow. Okay, one more thing. Okay, okay. This is... It's a small sun, but it's a sun. A small sun. Wow. Okay, let's get my hand. You can stay right there. Stay right there. Okay, okay. I appreciate you, Sean. This is beautiful. Beautiful. Question. What would make this picture better? Any ideas? Color? How about, oh, but this is so good, but the blue is so nice. If you add another color, like it might, might clash, you think? You think? No? You think? Okay. Should we try some, some red? Does anyone have red? Anyone have red? Oh, awesome. Come on up. Come on up. All right, let's give him a hand. Okay, great. Okay, all right. Awesome, thank you. Would you stay right here for a second? Just, yeah, you can stay right there, don't worry. You don't have to say anything, appreciate you. Okay, you can keep drawing, keep drawing, throw in some red. Oh, that's good. Oh, ooh, okay. Have some pattern, have a, a window. Oh, this is great, this is great. Is it good? Is it good? What would make this picture better? More color? Hmm, some green? Did I hear some green? Does anyone have some green? Anyone have a green? Anyone? Okay. All right, let's give her a hand. Awesome. Thank you so much. Come right up. Do you give Sean the green? And would you just have a, you can stand right there beside him. Perfect. Oh, I'll add in some green. Ooh, now our tree is taking shape. Oh, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. Oh no, you think it's good? Yeah, yeah? Uh, what would make it better? Purple. Ooh, I heard purple. Anyone have a purple? Anyone have a purple? Oh, hey, okay, awesome. All right, let's add some purple. And um, let's see. Okay, is it good? Does anyone else have a color? Anyone else? Orange. Ooh, orange. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we 
can try it. Is there an orange? You don't have an orange? All right. All right, let's add some orange in. Let's add some orange. Okay, this is beautiful. Sean has made, now we have people in our house in case you can't see. And we have, what is this? Oh, that's a cat. That is a cat. And this is? This is a squirrel. This they is a squirrel. This is very tragic. It's okay, but they're here. They're in God's house. This is so awesome. Now, question. Can I see your blue for a second? Oh, you don't have the blue anymore. Okay. So this is, this is a beautiful picture, and I'm, I'm so proud. And I'm grateful for it. But, you know, we had, a, we had a moment there at the beginning, right? And we said, well, the blue is pretty nice, right? Now, what if the blue had said, oh, no, no, no. I don't think I can have any other colors because it might not fit. Because when you're blue, like, you're pretty comfortable being blue. Has anyone gone through that phase when everything in your closet was blue? Anyone else? No one else. Okay. I'm glad you experienced that along with me. And we had to, we had to diversify. Okay. <laughs> but Blue could have said, you know, it's pretty comfortable just being here. I don't know if I can take another color. Like, that could get, ooh, I don't know how that'll work, right? But what do you think? Which picture is better? Before or after? After, right? We got in some red. We got in some different things. And I want you to look at all the people who are on this stage. And I want you to think about the different backgrounds and the different places and maybe the different age categories that we represent. Super young, stages of of youngness, right? (laughs) Sometimes in life, it's easy to go through like this, right? Say, ooh, I just want to be here with my blue. But sometimes you don't realize that what you most need is what is most different from you. Let's give them all a hand. You can have a seat. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, take it home. Put it on your wall. Actually, you want to leave it for now? Afterwards. Yes. Special memories. I love that. So Pastor Mark did an awesome little recap of last week, which I super appreciate. How many of you remember? He just mentioned it. What chapter of the Bible we were in last week? John 17. And what was happening in John 17? Jesus was praying. He was praying for us. And he prayed the longest prayer that's recorded in scripture. He prayed a very significant, specific prayer. And today, we want to continue on just over a month later after Jesus prays that prayer. Let's see what happens. If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Let me know when you get there. You can look up. You can smile. You can say amen. Whatever works for you. We're in Acts chapter 2, and we'll be reading verses 17 through 18. This is part of the same group that we saw in John 17, actually the group Jesus was praying for. Jesus has gone to heaven, and now they've all gathered together. There's a ton of people all together, and something starts to happen. In verse 1, the believers are together, and they're praying And then all of a sudden, people start to hear this sound, and they start preaching about Jesus. And everyone's confused because there's people from everywhere in the city. And if you have been here for our series on what is church, you should remember Acts chapter 2 very well because we talked about it, and it was preached on. So we're coming back to it today. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, Peter stands up because this whole crowd is gathered, and they're hearing people talk about Jesus in languages that they've never heard them speak before. 
they're saying, how in the world are you speaking Portuguese? How are you speaking German? How are you speaking whatever languages they were speaking at the time? And he said, guess what? God is doing something awesome. Acts 2.17, Peter says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. See, when Jesus left, he said, I know you're super sad that I'm leaving, but I'm leaving someone with you. Jesus was God with us. Now he said, the Holy Spirit is going to be God in us. When Jesus went up and he said, it's done, it's complete, Holy Spirit said, oh, now I get to go. And he came down to the earth super fast, and he's the one who can be with us all the time so that God is always with us and who actually lives inside of us. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on who? On all people. He says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. What is that? Who's a prophet? What's someone who prophesies? Okay, so I have a message for you for the person next to you. Are you ready? Tell the person next to you, your father loves you. Did you tell him? Did you tell him? Okay. Each of you, in a sense, just did what a prophet does. Because that a prophet is someone who carries a message for someone else. A prophet is someone who says, God told me this, and I want to tell it to you, and I want to speak it into your life. Peter says, God's going to pour out his spirit. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Who's seen a vision? Okay, no hands. Someone saw a vision when they saw this place because they didn't just see what it was, they saw what it could become. They imagined basketball happening here and a big potluck and worshiping Jesus and what we're doing right now and maybe people coming that need help. That was a vision. When you go to meal prep and you have all your ingredients but you picture what you're gonna make, that's a vision. He says, your young men will see visions. You're actually gonna see God stuff. You're gonna see God possibilities everywhere that you go. What else? Your old men will dream dreams. Not just sit in retirement and get your RV, that's great. But he said, you're gonna dream dreams. You're gonna see awesome things that God wants to do in this world, even in those things, in those simple things where people are coming to him. When God pours out his spirit, Peter says, all of this is gonna happen. I'm gonna show wonders, verse 19, and signs, and verse 21. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God pouring out his spirit and all these things happening is so that people will meet Jesus. And that's what happened. If you look at the end of the chapter, sneak peek, a whole bunch, 3,000 people come and choose to follow Jesus. This is amazing. And we read it, Acts, that was so, so beautiful. Wow, God, you did such an awesome thing. But guess what? If Peter said way back then in Acts 2.17, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all people, he applied it to them. Where are we now? If it started then, we are still here. We are now in the time of God has poured out his spirit. The Holy Spirit is active. He's alive on our world today. I've heard him described as rain. 
And all of you who live here in Florida have definitely experienced a Florida rain. We've started to get them every day lately, right? Right around that mid-afternoon, and you kind of have to figure out with your schedule with where you're going. But everyone has a different opinion on rain. How many of you love rain? Yeah. How many of you are, no, I want to stay dry, I want to stay inside, yeah. <laughs> when the rain comes, many of us grab our umbrellas, we grab things, right? You have a few options you can do when you come to rain. You can come up to it. Maybe you're getting out of your car or you're getting out of your house and you can get a huge umbrella or maybe you don't have an umbrella and so you just get your hoodie, right? And you're just, you're just doing this thing and you got it over and you're just trying to, you're getting a little bit wet, right? It's coming up a little bit here and a little bit here, but you're not too wet. You're mostly dry inside. And then there's a few of you crazy people that you see the rain, you throw open the door you run out in it, you throw your arms out, and you are living your best life in the rain, right? We do the same thing with Holy Spirit. Sometimes we see the Holy Spirit just like the rain, and we say, oh, wow, that's so awesome. I want to watch it outside this window. Wow, that's so awesome. You know, I think, ooh, maybe I'll, I'll go out, but I'll, I'll take my umbrella. Ooh, I don't want anything too crazy to happen in my life, so let me keep my umbrella. Maybe, oh, I just have my hoodie. Oh, I'm getting a little wet, but oh, not, not too much, God. Not too much Holy Spirit, right? Maybe some of us are saying, I want all of you, Jesus. Ephesians 1 says that when you chose to believe in Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. So do you believe in Jesus as your Savior? Then he lives in you. Praise the Lord. But what's your relationship like with the Holy Spirit? Have you given him total access to your life? Is he just there or are you saying, God, have all of me. Have all of me in every part of my life because whatever your experience is right now with God, whatever mine is, I can guarantee you God has something better. Whatever I've experienced with Jesus, I want more. I know there's so much more of the Holy Spirit that I want to see. There's so much more that I want to see him do in my life. This is what God is saying for now. What happens when we let him have that total access? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There are so many people right around us that need to meet Jesus. Maybe some of us are here today. Maybe some of you can say, oh my goodness, God has been so good in my life. I haven't always been where I am now. But praise God for years. Praise God for grace. This is what Jesus wants to do in our lives. But I have a question. What was happening in Acts 2 and what's being prophesied in this verse is it describing just one group of people? Does it just say, um, all the young people will be over here, really, really praying for the Holy Spirit. All the young adults are going to be praying for the Holy Spirit, and then everyone's going to be saved. Is that what the verse says? Look back at it. Acts 2, 17. God says, I will pour out my spirit on some people, on just the teenagers, just the pastors, just... Just the middle-aged people? What does God say? All people. Who does he mention? Sons and daughters. Raise your hand if you had a parent at some point in your life. That is you. <laughs> You're young. Whoever is young. Any young adults here today? Yes. Old men. We have anyone who's a grandparent. Someone who has seen a few times around this around this. Wow, son, whatever we do, our rotation. <laughs> this is for everybody. This is for everybody. But sometimes we're over here, right? 
like, oh my goodness, I want everyone to meet Jesus. So I'm just going to be here, right? Because all the young adults, we're just going to pray, pray, pray. Oh, me. Maybe all the the older people are saying, we're going to pray, pray, pray. We're going to be right here. Could it be that maybe we're, we're making a picture and we're not seeing everything that God wants to do because we're missing something? Because we have the young adults here and we have the older adults here and then we have the middle-aged people here. This prophecy is for us to do together. Jesus said in John chapter 17, he prayed to his father, my prayer is not for them alone, but for all those who will believe in me through their message that they may be one, just as you, God, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus said, I want you to have perfect unity. This promise, this prophecy we're praying about is not something we can do separately. It's something we have to do together. What does that look like? I need a few more volunteers today. I need a child. I need a couple people who are willing to act. Nothing crazy. You're not going to talk. You're just going to kind of portray something, okay? So I'm going to need a child or a teenager. I'm going to need a parent, a grandparent, and then someone else in between. Okay, I see a hand here. Come on up. Awesome. Come on up. Great. All right, I need a few more people. Okay. Okay, I need I need a grandparent and a parent. Ooh, come on, be brave. Parents, grandparents, where are y'all at? Thank you guys for coming up. I'm pretty sure there's some parents. Okay, if you have a parent here, please tap them. If you have a grandparent here, <laughs> tell them that we need them. Okay, awesome, awesome. Can I get one more? Can I get a grandparent? Any grandparent, would you come up? I promise you won't have to do anything too hard. <laughs> are there any? Are there any? Coming back up? No? Okay. All right. All right. A few more. Yes. Okay. Can we give them all a hand? All right. Thank you so much. Now I have a question. Each of you represent different parts of our church, okay? I want you to think about the different ages represented here. We've got kids, we've got elementary school, we've got maybe more middle, high school, college, young adult, we've got um, working professional, mom, we've got more grandparent type age. Awesome. So when you think about the way that we work together as a church right now, how would you portray that? Now it's going to have to be creative. You might have to huddle up really, really quickly. But if all of you were to show, if there's a way, would you be coming together? Would you be far apart? How does it look at our church right now when you think about the different generations, not just Forest Lake, let's just say the church in general, how do we typically work together as generations? Do you understand my question? All of you out here, I want you to wrestle with it. How do we usually work together across generations, typically? in the church, how would you show that right now? Any thoughts? Okay. Are you huddling or are you showing us? You're showing. Okay. You're beautiful, so that you're together. Okay, praise the Lord, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. How many of you, this is the church you typically see? 
This is how it looks across generations. How many of you say yes? How many of you say no? Yeah. Yeah, so this is beautiful. So how else could we show this? How do we usually look when we think about generations? Hmm? Afraid? We would pray. Ooh, yes, we're going to come to that. Sometimes generations, I'm going to have all of you do this. Can all of you space out a little bit? Space out from each other, yep. Sometimes across generations, we're all like this, right? All kind of looking around, all kind of doing our own thing. Does it ever look like that? Maybe it's like this. I don't even know who you are. I don't even know where you are. I'm going too far. <laughs> right? We're all like this. Does it ever look like this? Right? <laughs> Come together, go fight, fight. <laughs> right? Does it ever look like that with generations? Do you ever see that? Coming together? Conflict, right? I want this kind of music, or they want that, or they don't understand me. <laughs> what does Jesus want it to look like? What would Jesus want? How should the church look across generations? What is God's desire? Wow. Okay, lift him up, lift him up. Yes, like the old song, right? Amen. <laughs> this is the picture Jesus desires for his church. Now question, I'm gonna invite you to turn to your neighbor. What keeps us from this picture? Share with the person beside you. What do you think are the top factors that keep us from this picture? Join hands. Really quick, and then I'm going to have Pastor Judson is going to come around. He's got a roving mic, and I want to take just two or three answers. So share with your neighbor. What keeps us as a church, as generations, from this picture? All right, I want to take a few answers. Raise your hand if you heard something. Making sure our mic works. You know, one thing that I noticed is that um, nothing against you guys, but whenever food thirst huddled in, we were looking on the inside. Mm. And a lot of the times what keeps us from literally doing what we need to do is that we're just looking at each other the whole, the whole time. Instead of looking outside and saying, who else needs to be here? Yep. So the warehouse was envisioned yep. for that. For us to be able to have a view of the world and bring him here. Not for us to look at each other and say, oh, this is cute. No, this needs to be us looking outside to bring people in who are missing in the picture who are missing in the circle. Amen. Isaac, you want to preach in July? I'll give you one of my weeks. Amen. That, that is no kidding, right? That's what happened. They all went like this. And we thought that was nice because they're huddling and they're being a family. But what is the purpose of unity? Jesus said, so the world would believe. The world would believe that they would know the Father loves them. That's why we're here. What else keeps us from this unity? So one, not being outward focused, right? Just being in on ourselves. What else can keep us? What can be barriers that can keep us from unity? We'll take one or more, one or two more responses. I see a hand back here. Hi. Um, we were discussing, and I think 
one of the things that keep us, you know, apart, I consider a lot of people are like introverted. They might be shy yeah. or not, you know, feel comfortable enough to like associate with everybody else. That's what I think. Definitely, <laughs> yes. And also differences. We discuss a lot of people have a lot of interests, a lot of differences, and people might be scared to get judged. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have the um, the wrong idea of a church that if you don't have the same beliefs as everybody that's been in a church for a while, that they're gonna be judged because they might have doubts or like just a different, you know, mentality. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. So those were a couple right there. So what can keep us from this picture? I heard um, it takes getting out of my comfort zone. Ooh, I kind of like to stay with the people I know, and, and you guys are scary, right? It might take differences. Ooh, I'm not sure if we'll get along, because I don't know. I'm just not sure how that's going to work. Also, I heard fear. I don't know if I'm going to be accepted. I might be rejected. I might be judged. Or maybe I'm judging you, because you believe a little bit differently than I do. Okay, let's take maybe one or two more, maybe some more from this side. Any more hands? What can keep us from this picture? I see a hand here, I see a hand way up here. Another good one will most definitely be distractions yep. based off of things that you can see on the TV, social yep. media, and things like that. Mostly the work is done from Satan himself to get you away from God and from people who believe in that such things, that's all I got. Yep, 100%. Distractions. And sometimes we start looking at each other and thinking each other is the enemy, when really what you said, the real enemy is Satan. He doesn't want our unity, so he tries to create differences between us. Okay, last response, there was one way up here. What? keeps us from this picture of unity. Hello. Um, what Marky and I were um, discussing is tradition. Ooh. Um, one of our old friends, um, Pastor Jose told me, um, religion tells you what to do. Christianity tells you what's already been done. Uh, and that lived our, in our lives from the moment he said that. And mm. I think we're always stuck in our old tradition ways that we have to do A, B, and C in order to come together. Um, and I think we need to break away from tradition and accept new ways to coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all so much. You're going to have a seat. You stood up here for a while. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. A lot of things, and I think we could have kept going, right? There are reasons upon reasons why it's really hard for us to come together and be this picture of unity that God has desired for us to be. But it's actually really tragic because we're here trying to be a blue Sharpie, trying to paint a picture to the world. Could it be that the world isn't seeing Jesus because we're missing, we're missing so many pieces? And I can see it even sometimes in myself or even in our church family. We're all the similar age groups, right? Want to be together and we're all trying to do our thing. And there's a place for that. Don't get me wrong. That's super important. 
But it could be, could it be that we're missing a power sometimes, a forest lake, warehouse community, because we're not reaching out to those people who are most different from us, maybe from a different generation. Whenever we talk about this, it sounds good, but it also sounds really hard. Like, how does that actually happen, Jesus? And so I want to read one more promise before we go. In Malachi 4, 5, and 6, God actually gave us a promise of the Elijah message. The Elijah message is just like Elijah. You can read that story later of repentance and revival and turning back to Jesus. And whenever our hearts come back to God, there's something else that happens. God said this, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. God says, I'm so serious about you coming back to me and coming back to each other. I'm going to use some really strong language. God says, I want you to be together, but God actually promises, I'm going to turn your hearts back to each other. I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers, the older generation, back to the younger. I'm going to turn the hearts of the younger generation back to the parents. This is our promise. So Forest Lake Warehouse community, our challenge this week is to keep praying the John 17 prayer. How many of you took it this week and you actually made a reminder on your phone? Did anyone do it? If you haven't done it yet, join me. Set a reminder on your phone every single day at 1721. That's 521, 24-hour time. 1721, write down, pray John 1721, that we would be one. I'm going to invite you to take it a step further this week. And this week, to actually reach out to someone outside of your generation. So they need to be at least a decade above you or a decade below you. Reach out to them, say hi, ask them their name. Even better, pray with someone outside of your generation. If you're like, I don't know where to find those people, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., prayer meeting, we'll be there, Forest Lake, come join us. It's a great time. Pray with someone outside of your generation. That's our prayer this week. Keep praying it, reach out to someone outside, younger than you, older than you. I don't care where you are in the range. Last thing, something we've been talking about, and I'll invite Pastor Mark to come up with me. Uh, we've been talking about Pastor Mark, also Pastor Juan, different ones, is about how we can actually practice this series these months to not just talk about it on Sabbath, but live it out. And for me, one of the most powerful ways to experience togetherness in my life has been through joining a small group. And so we want to give you the opportunity for the month of July. We know everyone's busy. You might be here. You might be gone to be a part of something special. And so we're going to put a QR code on the screen. And we want to invite you for the month of July to have a small group. You can say, I want to host a small group. Yeah, I'll invite a friend. And I'm going to invite one or two people I don't know as well. Every single week, we'll launch it that first Sabbath in July, and we'll tell you everything you need to know. We'll give you the, the little handout each week with the questions and the Bible verses to discuss. All you have to do is just take it, bring the people together, and say, let's do it. You might be saying, ooh, I want to be a part of that, but I don't really know yet how I would. I don't know anyone. You can go ahead and sign up as well, and you can sign up and just say, I want to join one. So whether you want to host a group, whether you want to join a group, we're giving you the next few weeks to think about it, to pray about it, to start forming your group. You'll get more information so that we can experience togetherness and pray this John 17 prayer. Pastor Mark will hand it to you. Yeah, just 
the power of coming together in a smaller group, what you see here right now, this is just a tiny little glimpse, a tiny little picture of what God intends for church. Small, but we make it this big thing that we show up and then we leave and then there's nothing else. So there's power in relationship. Church is not just showing up. You are the church. And wherever you go, you're the church in your neighborhood, at your workplace. So to go out and start praying about who can I pull into a small group to really start talking about opening up the Word of God as what does this look like? I, I met a missionary last night at my house. His name is Gabriel. Kind of a neat missionary name, right? And um, those of you who know Enrique, it's his brother. He lives in he lived in Palau for, for a year. They had electricity for two hours a day. It was one light bulb. That was their electricity. To get cell phone service, they had to hike off the mountain to 45 minutes away. And I asked him, I said, what did you learn and what could you take away from the church that you were a part of in Palau in the jungle? What could you, Palawan, sorry. Yeah, I didn't even know where it was. But, but what could you learn and you could take away? And he said, you know, when the people came to this open air space, the floor was a bamboo floor. The, the pews were made out of bamboo. It was hot and the mosquitoes would come through there, but they would come. And the one thing that I noticed is that they had incredible love for each other. They had transparency with each other. And when one was in need, the whole community came together to help that person in need. And that is part of the picture of Christ that we need to be as a church to the world. And that cannot be done without coming together in the smallness. The church must grow big and small at the same time. And the smallness is where the power is. When we come together and we're transparent with each other, we're honest with each other, we share each other's burdens. So this challenge for July that Pastor Julie is going to bring, I'm praying that this will sweep through all the Forest Lake Church as we come together and really pray to become one, big and small. Dear Father, nothing is impossible with you. God, I'm sorry for the times that I've just stayed in my little comfortable group of people. And God, I've missed out on showing this whole picture of your love, God. Jesus, thank you for giving us such an amazing family. Forgive us for trying to do it alone, God. Jesus, we pray for the power of your spirit to change our hearts towards each other, to give us hearts to actually look outside of ourselves, to reach out to someone different from us in our church and to invite them in, God. We know you'll do something amazing and beautiful. So bring us together. Lord, fulfill your promise and make us one and make us one with your heart 
that beats for the people who don't know you yet. We praise you, Jesus, and ask this in your name. Amen.